So you guys here at South have been in a series called Resistance, haven't you? So you've been looking at how culture sort of leads us in one direction um, in both subtle and obvious ways. But following Jesus calls us to stop and turn around and move in quite a different direction towards him. And what Jesus offers us is a life of freedom and power but often it doesn't kind of just happen automatically. We need to sort of wake up to what we've been drifting towards and make that turn towards him to really embrace the fullness that he has for us. And so that's kind of the theme of the whole series. And today we're looking at the issue of escapism. So turning from escapism to engagement. And some of you are already groaning, like, oh, no, I just don't want to. Don't take that away from me. I need to escape. I need my comforts. I've got a lot going on right now. You don't understand. And let me tell you, I hear you. I am pretty exhausted right now, 35 weeks pregnant, two, two little ones running around. Um, I've also, lots of you know this, but I've got a pregnancy disease called hyperemesis gradivarum, which basically just means I'm sick all the time. So I literally wake up and need to vomit within the first hour of the day. Um, and this means that I've been sick every day for the last seven months. And this is now my fourth pregnancy. So that's coming up to three years of my life that I've spent being sick, which is pretty depressing. And I'm not telling you that so that you'll feel sorry for me. I'm telling you that because actually that puts me in quite a dangerous position because I could look at myself and be like, oh, I deserve a bit of a break. Do you know what I mean? And when we think we deserve something, we will not resist, will we? If we think that we deserve it, we'll just sort of take it, sometimes consciously, other times subconsciously. And so we need to look very carefully at what we think we deserve and just check it lines up with the truth of the gospel because don't hear me wrong, we need rest. I need rest, you need rest, we need rest. Rest is a beautiful, God-given, biblical pattern of life that is necessary for our mortal selves to survive and thrive. But we don't need to escape. And I want to suggest that for many of us, the line can be very thin and we can fall into escaping when we think we're resting. And rather than helping us, that actually robs us of what we truly need. So escapism robs us of real rest. So as I share this morning, I want us to be freed from the trappings of escapism and released into true rest where we live with our creator in deeply satisfying harmony. Does that sound good? I agree. So, so how do we do it? We're going to walk through a bit of a process this morning that goes recognize, repent and restore. So recognize, how do you escape? What are your go-tos? My current favorite escape is watching This Is Us, great show, in a bubble bath. That's what I like to see. Anyone else? <laughs> yes, Hannah, yeah, good. Um, binging on TV, scrolling on our phones. Do we go to edible comforts, things like food or chocolate or wine, physical escapism, exercise, running, anything to get time out, get away from life. For my husband, Matt, and I, we've learned to kind of recognize if one of us is saying, oh, I need this, I just need to go and do this, I need to go to the gym, or I need to just sit and do nothing. When our language is need, we've learned to recognize we could be on dangerous ground and we need to just pause and ask, what, what do I really need in this moment? Because let's just be clear, none of these things are bad things. Most of them are good things. I'm not saying you can't have them. I am definitely going to have a bubble bath again, probably later today. But it's the perspective we have when we do them 
the reason we go to these things. Am I running to this to run away from something? Am I expecting this thing to give me what I need? Um, as a, a pastor and writer in America called Katia Adams, who I really like, she posted on Instagram in the middle of the pandemic when the language of self-care was high. She posted, a bubble bath will not save your life. And I just really liked that because I can be tricked into thinking it will. I can think, I just need this one thing or I just, when I've had this, I'll be better. Everything will be fine. And she absolutely wasn't saying bubble baths are bad. She was just saying it doesn't have the power to save your life. But do you know what? We know someone who does. So we just need to ask ourselves, am I running from something? Am I trying to push down what's really going on? Or have I I dealt with what's going on in my heart? Have I sought time with God and found peace with him? Which means that I can now really enjoy this rest as a gift from him. Or am I running from God because it feels like too much hard work to go to him? So one biblical character who knew a lot about running from God was Jonah. So we're going to look at the story of Jonah a little bit today. So if you've got a Bible out, Bible with you, if you want to get it out to Jonah chapter 1, it will come up on the screen. Um, So I'm going to read Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. And let's see what we can draw from it about avoiding escapism. So it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went on board and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Okay, what was Jonah running from? From God. 
Why? Because God asked him to do something he didn't want to do. So God said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And Jonah thought, no, I don't want to. That sounds hard. And we do that, right? We run from things that are hard, whether it's a difficult conversation, a challenging task. The things we want to do are easy to do, but the things we escape from are the hard things, the things we don't want to do. And often it's got to do with work, hasn't it? So the very thing that God has called us to invest our time and energy into that takes up the majority of our time and focus, it can feel like toil, like we're trudging our way through. And it's then that we turn to coping mechanisms, how do I get myself through this? We switch from living to coping, and often the easiest way to cope is to escape. So when we recognize the desire to escape, the first thing we ask ourselves is, what am I running from? This is the beginning of engagement. Let's engage with what's really going on. Why am I feeling the need to escape? And often it's something like, well, I'm overwhelmed. I've got too much to do. I can't do this thing that has been asked of me. And dig a bit deeper. What's really going on there? You know, I have to go through a process a bit like this every time I do this. So every time I stand up to speak in front of people, a huge part of me just wants to run away and hide and not do this. So if I'm going to overcome that, I need to get real with God and have a dialogue with him about it. That usually goes something like, I don't want to do this. I feel stressed and anxious. I don't have anything to say. And in that moment, I'll do anything else to procrastinate. But dig a little bit deeper. What's really going on? Well, I'm afraid of what people will think of me. So now we're starting to get to the real issue. Why am I afraid of what people will think? Well, because if I'm honest, I judge myself based on others' reactions to me. So if other people don't think I do a good job, then I'll feel rubbish about myself and I just don't want to feel that. So it's easier not to do it. But what's, what's wrong there? What are the lies that I'm believing? I'm believing in that moment that my identity comes from what other people think of me. And that's just not true, is it? Our identity as children of God comes from Jesus. He created me as his child with purpose and gifts. And so my, the call on my life is to be obedient to him. It doesn't matter whether that looks successful to other people. I can stand before him with a clear conscience if I know I did to the best of my ability what he asked me to do. It shouldn't matter what other people think, but let's be honest, it does, doesn't it? It's hard to live free from things like that, and this is where the resistance comes in. We have to go there with God and dig deep and be honest about what we're really thinking and what's behind that so that he can bring truth and freedom into those deep places. You know, Jonah didn't do that work. He just ran. And look how it turned out for him. He ended up in a storm. God pursued him out of his kindness and love because he didn't want to let Jonah go. But the experience of that pursuit was pretty rough for him. He was on a boat, the, the wind was wild, the storm was raging. What's worse, he knows it's his fault and very quickly everyone else knows it's his fault too. He can't let them all die, so he says, throw me overboard. And they don't want to, but they have no other choice and so they do. And this is what I mean when I'm talking about escapism robs us of real rest. He thought he could run away and avoid what God had asked him to do. He even managed to fall asleep initially. It looked like a win, but it all turned sour very quickly. 
When we try and escape, we're really just delaying the inevitable, which often works out worse in the end. Escapism leads to disconnection. And what we need more than anything in the world is connection with God. So recognize where we're wanting to escape and ask, what am I running from? And really practically, this just takes a bit of time and it takes being intentional. So for me, I I like literally schedule time into my diary to have these processing moments. If I know there's something going on that I need to just address a little bit, I'll put some time in to do it. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. And I ask people to keep me accountable to whether I did take that time or whether I just um, ignored it and escaped some more. And some of you will find it most helpful to have these conversations just on your own with God. Others of you might find it helpful to talk it through with somebody else and and then to thrash out with, with another person how you're feeling and get down to those lies that you're believing. But I just say that talking never replaces prayer. So talk to identify the lies, but that work of breaking the lies and receiving truth, which we're going to talk about in a minute, um, it happens in prayer. So make sure you get to that. So I wonder, do you need to schedule some time this week to have an honest conversation with God? Have you noticed an area of disconnection? Are you longing to escape? Is there something that you're running from? There's no shame here. All of us do this. So we need to help each other move towards freedom. And this is where the good stuff comes, where we get free and repent. So I'm sure you've talked lots about repentance in this resistance series because repentance is at the heart of resistance. It literally means turn around. And so we recognize that we're going in one direction, which might feel good for a moment, but is ultimately unsatisfying. And we stop and turn around. So repentance does not mean sit and look miserable while you feel guilty about getting things wrong. Repentance is a joy because it's a simple act that releases power, which leads to freedom. So we just say, Lord, I'm sorry for running from you and looking to other things. I turn back to you now. And in that moment of turning and looking at him, this is where the power comes. Because he's not like you thought he was when you were trying to run. He's good and kind and his ways are perfect. And when we see him for who he really is, we're set free. So God asked Jonah to do something hard and Jonah immediately took that as a punishment, thinking God was a mean taskmaster. And so he ran. Ran. It revealed that he had a skewed view of God. And often we can find ourselves in the same place, can't we? But all we need to do is recognize this and turn around. Lord, I'm sorry for believing lies about you. And just speak out whatever it was. I'm sorry for believing you're a mean taskmaster or you're not good or you will abandon me or you won't look after me. You've forgotten about me. You don't care about me. You don't love me. You don't have good things for you. Whatever it is, we deal with these lies simply by repenting of believing them. And then we look to who God really is. Holy Spirit, speak your truth to me. Jesus, show me who you really are. Father, let me experience your unfailing love. Because you know, you were not made for running and hiding. You were made, made to shine bright. Philippians talks about us shining like stars in the sky as we hold firmly to the word of life, to be everything God made you to be, to glorify him and represent who he is on the earth. You have a wonderful and beautiful purpose. 
Don't miss out because it sounds hard. And don't be fooled into thinking God isn't who he said he is. Jonah's moment of repentance comes in the belly of the fish. So he recognizes that running is futile. And he realizes that God has rescued him, even though he's in a pretty rubbish situation. And he chooses that moment to turn back to God. It comes in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8. And Jonah's speaking out to God. And he says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And I think this is a beautiful and helpful prayer. It says those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Escapism is literally clinging to the idol of comfort, which is ultimately worthless and it blocks us from receiving God's love. But as we turn back to him, we experience his love and goodness. And therefore, we're able to say, what I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. There is no other salvation. Only God can give us what we truly need because he is our salvation. Only in him are we restored. Which leads to this final part, restore. Be who you were made to be. Enjoy good things from a place of peace with God. Let him heal all your wounds and meet the deepest longings of your heart. How do we do that? Well, firstly, it comes from meditating on the truth that counteracts the lie you'd been believing. So for my example of speaking in front of people, being afraid of what people think of me, I need to meditate on scripture that speaks of my immovable identity in Christ. So things like Psalm 139 need to play on repeat in my head. Ephesians 2, that I'm created, that I'm God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works that he's prepared in advance for me to do. And just encourage you guys, find your anchor points in scripture. Find those verses that speak to your deepest fears deepest longings of your heart and memorize them cling to them hold on to them write them out and stick them up around your house have them on your phone so you can look at them quickly memorize them so that they sink deeply into your being and become your subconscious thoughts this is the work of resistance restoring ourselves in the truth that found that is found in scripture so that that is where our mind leads us that that is what comes out of us And secondly, let's speak truth to one another. So we need help to do this. Okay, We need to talk to each other, whether it's in your discipleship triplets or mission groups at church. Whenever you're hanging out with friends who know Jesus, speak truth over one another. Help each other find those scriptures to hold on to. Often what one person finds easy to believe is the very thing another of us finds it really hard to believe because our experiences are different and we need each other. The Bible talks about this in Colossians 3. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. 
We don't just passively receive the truth of the gospel. We have to take hold of it and work it into our lives so that it influences us more than the culture around us. And we need each other to help us do that. The community of faith is vital in spurring one another on and reminding and retelling the gospel over and over again every day. So let's let's do this work together. It's not just about your personal journey. Let's work together to see each other restored in truth. So I wonder who who could you encourage this week? Who could you pray for? Who could you speak truth to? Who could you send a scripture to? Why don't you ask someone here today, what are you struggling to believe about God or yourself today? How can I help you hold on to the message of Christ this week? Resistance, or, or even more bold, why don't you tell someone, I'm really struggling to believe this truth about God. Could you help me? Resistance has to be a team sport. And then let all of this bring you home to God. So one of my favorite books is by um, Henri Nguyen, and it's called Return of the Prodigal Son. And the premise of the book is that he uses the story of the prodigal son in the Bible to map out our own journey of a pursuit of our true home. That longing to feel at home and the realization that home is found in God. And the good news is that he welcomes you into it with open arms. He longs for you to come and be restored and refreshed and filled because in him we find true rest. Psalm 62 says, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. So let's reject escapism and use this as our prayer this week. Come home to him and find the true rest that your soul is longing for. Because escapism just robs us of rest. It leads to disconnection from God and others when the thing we need more than anything in the world is connection with our creator. So when we're noticing we want to escape, when we're feeling overwhelmed, don't just drift there, but use it as a powerful moment to come to him and be transformed. Pay attention to what's going on in your heart and invite him in to recognize, repent and restore you back to him because he's got more for us than this. Amen. Should we pray together? Would you stand up with me if the band could come back? Father, we just want to stand before you and thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are a loving Father with open arms. Thank you that you are our refuge, that you are our rock, that you are our salvation, our fortress. In you, we will never be shaken. And we just come home to you this morning. Thank you that you sent Jesus to gather us in. Thank you that you sent your spirit to guide us always back to you, guide us into deeper relationship with you, deeper revelation of who you are. And so we just invite you, spirit, to lead us deeper into the presence of God right now, deeper into relationship with you. We say we want more of you. We want greater connection with you. And so we let go of these other things. We shake off the things that distract us. And we turn to you, Jesus. Jesus, even now as we sing and worship, would you reveal who you are to us and draw us to yourself. Amen.